right, friends. So today we're diving into the world of parasites. <laughs> this morning, uh, our new our new dog, Robbie, had three giant blueberry sized ticks on him. And um, it's that time of year. So Lacey and I have some experience with it, have some natural remedies. And we're going to dive into that, that today. Hey, friends. Welcome to The Schoolhouse Life, where we answer your pressing questions and share useful tools for creating your most fulfilling, self-sufficient family homestead. We go back to basics in all things family, faith, and farming, and we're eager to teach you what we've learned, everything from growing a garden to earning an income to living a less toxic and more nature-based lifestyle. We're thrilled you're here and hope you leave inspired to live your life as a schoolhouse too. Okay, so when you move out to the country, you kind of give up your um, the life of sterility, which is a good thing, right? That's half the reason we moved out here. But it comes with the like icky, gunky, gross stuff that you don't want to deal with that you have to deal with. And I think a lot of times people will kind of call me or text me or message me in a panic and be like, oh, what do I do about ticks? What do I do about ticks? What do I do about ticks? It's like the first year homesteader flight. Um, and I, I don't know, like, I think when we moved to North Carolina, actually, we were just visiting the first time I ever saw a tick from from New York is where I grew up in yeah. Buffalo. And so that was like a whole new experience. I didn't know it was a thing. I mean, I grew up running through the fields of my grandma's house. I mean, we never checked. For you ticks. guys didn't have ticks up there? No. And honestly, I don't even really remember. I never had chiggers. We didn't have poison ivy. I mean, there's poison ivy up there, but I never was allergic. It's not to like it. Southern poison ivy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Everything's just a little hardier down here. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, a little more vibrant. Not mosquitoes. I would say our mosquitoes are, are worse up there. And maybe horseflies are worse up there too. But um, they have to have a little, like, be vigilant. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard they're worse in, our, uh, like, Alaska. The North. North. Yeah. yeah. Alaska too. But anyway, so, yeah, I mean, I think. City folk come out here a lot of times, too, to, you know, classes, events, whatever. And you can see them just, like, panicky a little bit, spraying themselves down with, with things. Yeah, we had the one lady that was looking at having an event at the schoolhouse. And she's, like, looks down at the grass. And she's, like, well, do you think there's any ticks in there? <laughs> <laughs> and it was so sweet. Yeah. Um, You know, like, it kind of this innocent naivete. Right. <laughs> about... The cleanliness, it, it feels like it's a dirty topic. Ticks? Which, yeah, to- well, all well, of the bugs. I'm going to say BC. Bugs in general. BC, before COVID, ticks, like Lyme disease, was like the major. Sort of a hot topic, yeah. It was a very hot topic. Hot topic, yeah. And then it just kind of disappeared when we got COVID. It was the pre-pandemic pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. I recently heard someone mention Lyme's disease the other day, and I was like, oh. Is it Lyme's disease or Lyme disease? Lyme's. With an S? L-Y-M-E-S. Okay. Apostrophe S. Apostrophe it belongs S? to Lyme. Yeah, that's what I was trying to think. think. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I do think that there is some danger in that. And like everything else, you need to watch out for that. Oh, yeah, there's definitely. You no, know, there's more than just Lyme's. There's Rocky Mountain Spotter Fever, which my dad has had a couple couple of times. Right. Um, and then and then that can be just as deadly, if not more deadly than Lyme. Lyme's kind of slow and steadily just drives you crazy until you're so sick you don't know you're what to do just, about it. Like all your body hurts. Yeah, Rocky Mountain Spotter Fever is more like fever symptoms, flu-like symptoms. Right. And then, um, and then there's also the alpha gal uh, allergy. Oh, that seems like the worst the one worst, to me out of worst. all of them. So if you don't know what that one is, it you become 
uh, allergic to red meat, which I still wonder if it is it all red meat, it could, like grass fed red meat. Uh-huh. Still, you have a reaction. I don't know. I, you know, I have I have my suspicions about all of them being related more to our diet than they are to the actual infarction. Infarction? So, that's a word, right? Infarction, the event I, itself. Okay, the event. The like yeah. the situation where there was an encounter with a tick that was Yeah. Yeah. I think it has more to do with diet than anything. And I think I'm not gonna like, you know, call out anyone, but I actually have I'm curious how like diet relates because diet relates to everything, right? You are right. what you eat. And if you are eating specific things, your body is then susceptible to different things. And yeah. so I, I don't know. That's just my like working theory. Obviously, I haven't. I'm yeah. not doing any clinical trials. No trials. Research. Yeah, this is just a. Hmm. I wonder if situation um, that I have going in yeah. my own mind. But you know, uh, yeah, we live in the South, so and I feel people like- eat things that I wouldn't necessarily eat, and. I mean, that's true all over the world, but you know, like it's, I wonder, and it could be quality. It could be, you know, like how these things are raised. It could be what they're eating. It could be any combination of those things and how your experience of whatever that tick has in its body. What what reacts with what's in your body. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's, that's the case with all disease. Well, and if we think about ticks as a parasite, you know, one of the things that I know from food is a lot of times it can be laced with parasites that we don't even aware of. And some of them are even beneficial. Like some of them actually help balance our ecosystem. Right. So, you know, there's this like there's this there's this teeter totter back and forth of like being super well and being not well. And like, where do you find that mid range? And is it in a place we don't we haven't even investigated yet? Who knows? You know, in terms of diet and what we know about what we do know is that when you eat grass fed, the impact is so much different than if you even have just a corn finished beef. Right. Yeah. On your health. I mean, heart disease rates or your your um, cholesterol rates or whatever the things are that they measure drop dramatically and the meat actually can help those things and decrease the inflammation. But the second you feed that cow corn, because that corn is making the cow sick. I mean, you, right. as soon as the cow is on corn, you have a sick cow because that's not what they're supposed to eat. And then you have that high muscular and then you've got that inflammation fat that everybody wants. That you eat. Yeah. You're eating inflammation. So right. anyway, yeah, of course, what we eat probably plays a major role in the impact of those things on us. And this year, like, I feel like ticks, I think uh, this year feels like one of the worst tick years we've had in a while. Uh, the bloom has our, been hard and fast and strong. And we have, but I would say. It was really wet. And I think they, when it's wet, really yeah. wet like that, they. But it's they, been cold, which is strange. But we we do have like waist high grass yeah, everywhere. Yeah, and we have a dog that's coming inside. So, we do. We never had that before, right? But you know, I I don't think mine have come from Rob because normally when I find them, they're just crawling up my leg after I've just walked, you know, yeah. the greenhouse or you know through the pasture. It's not like I've been petting Robbie and then I see a tick on yeah. me. Yeah. I mean, we've I've gotten them from in the car because we've gotten in the car after we've been in the right. And, yeah. Anyway, yeah, they just. And they don't die. You can't kill them. It's impossible. I mean, you can flush them down the toilet. That's yeah, my yeah. that's my preferred method. Of so care. we do. We flush them down the toilet. If they are actually attached to us, we put them in a jar. We have a jar. So that's I would tick, say step step one. Probably not actually the, but one tip. Hot tick tip. Hot, hot tick tip is tick, put tip. your ticks that you find on yourself and other people in a jar. We just put a little bit of vodka in the bottom. And then at the end of the season, you drink all the ticks. No, I'm just kidding. 
<laughs> you keep them in there to that's preserve. a whole new homeopathic <laughs> you preserve them in there so that that's probably a thing yeah i'm sure it is it's like a biodynamic but thing. i will say you know like i was talking to somebody the other day i think it's more effective to take the tick put it in a baggie label it for who it came off of because if there was an actual oh, issue wow. that arise yeah. But here's the thing. We have so many ticks in that jar right now that yeah. I'm not going through that process every time. I mean, I'll, I'll, you know, when sometimes in and I will say this is only for about four, maybe three weeks of the year. I suspect in two weeks, tick season will pretty much be over for us. I mean, they'll be here and there, but they won't be like I walked through the woods the other day or the the grass the other day and I pulled out seven. Yeah. And they weren't hooked on me yet, but. If they are hooked on me, I immediately throw them in the jar. So there might have been three on me that day that were had actually attached before I. So know, the idea is, if on. they're in that jar and then you come down with symptoms, you can like send them in to find out, right? If that, which I can only imagine what a doctor would say if we showed up with our jar. I'm not sure our jar is like. Isn't there like a place you mail them better, into? Um, I don't know. I've I've never done it. I think yeah, I think you could. But I think you ultimately... You can also just take it into a doctor? Well, and then the doctor would mail it in. Mail it in. Yeah. yeah. For testing. Which I do know. I remember when I was in high school, I got super sick. Real, real, real sick. And um, I couldn't figure out what it was. And I was like, oh, I think I had a tick on my ankle. And at this time, you know, we weren't living in the country. And that was not super common to find a tick on this high school girl who, you know, barely went outside. I mean, well, I played soccer, but that was it. Um, anyway, so found this bug-like thing on my ankle, cut it off, and they sent that in for testing and found out it was not Lyme's disease. Although it was interesting that the doctor at the time was, like, actually interested. She well, actually paid cl- attention because nowadays, yeah. I know a lot of people say that a lot of physicians will say, yeah, that's hogwash. There's no Lyme's disease in this area. I mean, which is it's closer hogwash, to Lyme's because it's like Lyme's Island or whatever is up north. Somewhere up there. No, no, no. I was here. It was Oh, uh, when you were here. Yeah. Oh, okay. We moved here when I started high school. Yeah. Um, anyway, so they cut that tick off. They tested it. I had mono. I did, was not tick related at all. Huh. <laughs> Unless you got it from the tick. I don't think so. Um, but okay. yeah. So um, prevention, I would say, is the other thing. You can go like traditional. I mean, I, growing up in Florida, we definitely worried about ticks, chiggers, mosquitoes, everything else mm-hmm. that bit and could kill you. But, and we used DEET, we used like the high power DEET. And I remember my dad saying, and I've said this before, but like, I remember it burning my skin and my dad saying, that's how you know it's working. You know, so it was like, but DEET has like, now all kinds of research that shows like a lot, they did a lot of research with like the Vietnam veterans and their use of DEET because they used a ton of it in mm-hmm. Vietnam. And it causes all kinds of like neuro... Oh, yeah. It's neuro issues <laughs> and your skin is like one of the largest organs to absorb that so well for so yeah. many years people think of your that i mean i think even you know just common belief was your skin is a barrier not right. your skin is a sponge your yeah. skin is like this plastic sheath that your the rest of your organs is stored in <laughs> yeah and that's not it's like a big even, skin bag well, yeah <laughs> no, not at all it's a living breathing thing that absorbs everything you put on top of it so. yeah so that like it, it, I think that it's not a fair exchange to say use DEET so that you don't get Lyme's disease. I, the likelihood of Lyme's disease is way lower than the, the, gar- the guarantee of neuro problems exposure from yeah. uh, using DEET. 
So once you rule that out, then you kind of have to go down this natural world because there's not really anything in between. We actually made we made a rule out here that people could not show up for our events and bring those sprays and spray them. We did make that rule? Yeah, we did. Because oh, yeah. it's, it's too much. Like if you're, yeah. especially if you're not um, accustomed to using those products, the second someone sprays them, you can't smell anything else for hours and hours. It just it gets stuck in your nose. It gets stuck in the air around you. So yeah, we have a rule about like only all natural products as pest repellents around here because it's just so distracting for people who their noses work again. <laughs> it's kind of like uh, at the pool with the spray on oh sunscreen. That had to be another podcast <laughs> where we attack sunscreen. I'm, oh my goodness. I kind of <laughs> thought maybe we would go into that. Maybe that, maybe we should just record it next. That'll be a different one. Um, but yeah, so you, anything that comes in an aerosol spray, you kind of have to be wary of because first of all, it gets on your skin. It's tiny little po- molecules, easily absorbed, gets into your bloodstream. Also, you breathe that in. I right. mean, you automatically inhale that and it gets right into your lungs, which is really the fastest way into your bloodstream, yeah. the deepest way into your system. Uh. Um, and it, yeah, ugh. And pe- yeah, whatever. So yeah, I mean, so ticks, they're a problem. Um, are we ever going to not have ticks every season? No, I mean, that's always going to be an issue. There are some things that I think can really help. Um First of all, if you use oils regularly, I think it becomes a part of your bloodstream. And by oils, you mean essential oils? I mean essential oils, yeah. There might be other oils. Not too, like motor oil. No, no, no. No petroleum-based, mineral-based oils. Um, yeah, so essential oils. The one I know that there's been a lot of research on is the lemon eucalyptus. Yeah. Um, so you can buy that on its own. You can buy it and mix it with things like lavender is also a really great tool, particularly good for repelling ticks. Um, when you're talking about a dog, lavender, um, I put lemongrass on Robbie's collar. Yeah, it's another great option. And the bonus of on a dog is it also makes them smell good. (laughs) So it's like a win-win. Win-win. Um, but I think we're going to have to go a little bit stronger after this morning, finding those going to have to have like, uh, on an animal, you have to be careful because you don't want to use too much at one time. I think it's more frequency on them than, uh, soaking them in an oh, essential sure. oil yeah yeah the other thing i mean that's true of everything right like frequency is key um you want to make a habit out of using oil. So that's not even really using those specific oils isn't what i was referring to because i just use oils every day you know they're in my right. supplements i put them in my water i use them just on my skincare so i have that stuff kind of coursing through my system all the time which i think makes me less attractive so I might find a lot of ticks on me, but they aren't often actually, they aren't, haven't actually often bit me. Um, I, I was reading another thing that said if you're, um, like vinegar is a yeah. good thing to use. Acids, alkalinizing your body is a really good thing to do also because the higher in, in sugars and things that your blood system has, the more attractive you are. It's like you put off a pheromone or something that attracts. That's interesting because you think about vinegar is acidic, but it turns your body more alkaline. Mm-hmm vinegars and fermented foods and uh lemon like citrus citrus oils yeah yeah, citrus in general so if you want to try essential oils that's how we make a good bit of our money and it's how um we get to do these things like this podcast so we'd love for you to buy them from us if you uh, are interested i mean now it's so easy you can use our link and you there's no like membership fees or anything you get access to wholesale 
just buy shopping with yeah. us. So, so she buy was, one thing if you want. Shoot us a DM or whatever, and we'll put uh, links in the show notes for you to be able to buy lemon eucalyptus and some of the other. Give it a try. There's a, also a blend that we use called Terra Shield that has like, it's got eucalyptus and arborvitae in it, which. I don't even remember all the things. It's kind of a, it's just a really. Yeah. Deep blend. It's got a lot of, a lot of great repellent oils and it smells I think pretty delicious. It doesn't right. smell it like most like chocolate. When we were kids, what we used was Avon Skin So Soft. Right, I remember See? that. <laughs> and that smell is like overwhelming. Oh, that was a worse smell. Oh, we used it so much. That was like when my mom decided that DEET was bad. Yeah, there. W- that was a period for my mom too. I think our moms were very much on the same wavelength. And that Avon stuff, man, that lady came to our door and we would get she that. She was skin killing so soft. it then because yeah, Skin So Soft. Oh, I've often was thought it about a natural bug spray or was oils. it? Just it was like, not natural at all. No, I looked it up when I became a really? The interesting thing about that for me is, um, you know, I started with the essential oil company with doTERRA 10 years ago. But before that, I actually tried my hand at a toy company. And one of my favorite products that they made was an essential oil-based uh, bug repellent. Oh, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> and so I bought like tons of bottles of that because it went on like close out at some point. And we just had them around forever. Yeah. And then even before that, when I was in high school, I worked at the mall selling essential oils and I'd forgotten about that until one day I was heating up a rice pack. That was actually what I was selling was rice packs. Uh, really taking yeah. a tangent. But yeah. I would heat them up in the microwave there at the mall and put them on people with a peppermint or lavender. And yeah. So the one day I smelled that after pulling it out of a microwave and because we don't use a microwave very often. Right, right. So I'd forgotten that. Smell. <laughs> that fine. combination is very specific. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, yeah. So. There's hope. And I I think ultimately my goal is just to make you not so fearful because, right. you know, there are just parts of country life that you take with the good, right? Like, it's just not fun, yeah. but it is, it's just a, it's a piece of the pie. And I think that the longer you're in the country, the more you're just like, oh, found another one, oh, found another one. And you just, you stop feeling that terror. Well, we have <laughs> some, we have some newer friends that are from out West and I saw him find a take on himself and it was he kind of freaked out a wee bit yeah and i mean i i get it like when you're not used to it but it's kind of like yeah oh now at night in the middle of the night i don't even need to look i just feel it crawling pick it up go over to the toilet through it and flush it and i know like i didn't even open my eyes (laughs) because it's just a (laughs) um i I do want to address one other issue though with ticks in the homestead Mm. and i think like first of all everything is in Everything requires balance. An so an ecosystem. So if you're seeing a massive amount of ticks, but you don't have animals on your homestead that are eating them, then you don't have, this is like Jeff Lawton's kind of thing. You don't have a tick problem. You have a lack of guineas problem, or you have a lack of um, it's possums, right? That are like the massive yeah, tick possums eater. Eat a ton of ticks. There's a lot of animals that, you may not love that, I think. I can't right. remember what the list is, but yeah, possums is a huge But so if we're like killing all the possums, we're killing all the coyotes to stop the from eating the sheep, you know, like if we go on this like killing rampage to kill everything, killing ants, killing beetles, this place. right, mowing everything way down, then we get the ecosystem out of balance. And that's where I think you see like massive problems. Flushes. And um, well, and I will say too, although I've seen more ticks this year in our uh, newer pasture than I have in years past, um, the majority of our ticks come from the shoe of our, yeah. our leased property that has not had any of that 
ecosystem diversity. I mean, our one of the first animals we bought when we moved out here were, were guineas. Yeah. And we ran a flock of, you know, 15 to 20 of them for several years. And then chickens have been all over and we've run go- goats and sheep and, you know, even pigs through the property. And all of that has turned stuff over so that it's not just this like bloom of ticks. Right. You know, it it's might be balance. one here or there. Yeah. yeah. Lacey keeps threatening us to get threatening. It's not threatening. To get guineas Promise. up at the schoolhouse property. And my argument is that people staying here for like their <laughs> their vacation stay are not going to want to hear Some guineas. People love sound of guineas. So if you're a guinea lover, message us and tell us <laughs> that you love guineas. I'm very curious how many people would not mind hearing guineas in the morning or the evening. Or here, all day so long. here is a mistake that we made with guineas that we may have talked about on the show before. And that is that we have built a coop for the guineas and their brooder was about 20 feet from our bedroom window. Right. And so they didn't always stay in the brooder. They came out of the brooder. But even when they were grown, they nested in the tree right outside the brooder. (laughs) And so every night and every morning, they would just be in that tree making all their guinea racket. And we were trying to sleep or not wake up or whatever. You know, it was just. It was the worst placement for the guineas possible. It was. So yeah. we'll we'll definitely reconsider. Plan your brooder accordingly. Plan your brooder accordingly. I think Far what happened, I, if I remember, what happened was they like got out one time. Like someone forgot to close it up or something, and they roosted in a tree, and then they that like was the end of that. Then they never would go back in. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. So uh, I mean, I feel like that's a great exploration of ticks. One natural remedies. Two we'll balance. Um, what else? Vinegars. You can add vinegar to your spray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vinegar um, to your spray. Take, eat, eat healthy foods. Yeah, fermented foods, garlic, grass fed. My my theory is if you eat a lot of garlic, you're good. Um, I well, yeah. And then don't be afraid. I think is the other thing. Like it's it's part of nature. And what are we talking about next time? Um, sunscreen. Oh yeah. <laughs> Tune in next time for sunscreen overview. So if you need help on your homestead and you're not sure where to go, you need a plan. Um, you're wondering why you have so many ticks. You're yeah. wondering why your grass isn't growing or maybe you have the wrong kind of grass growing. We'd love to come out with you and look over your property. We call it the holistic homestead audit. We go kind of all the way through what's going on in your life, what's going on on your homestead and how to make those two things mesh so that you have a happy homestead. And if you're far away, we are finishing up our homestead uh, mastermind, which has been an amazing six month journey. Uh, We have loved it so much. And I think the people that have participated have loved it also. Um, But we're going to have a wait list set up for that. So if you're interested in jumping in, maybe you're not close, maybe you are close and you really want to dive in deep, intensive um, permaculture design, holistic design for your property. Regenerative design. Regenerative, holistic, permaculture design for your yeah. property. We would love to guide you through that process. So you can go to the schoolhouselife.com. All of that's on there. Check us out. And thanks for listening. <laughs>